0: that you're here today, and uh, man, I hope you enjoyed the worship this morning. That was amazing, and I uh, appreciate Tom and uh, the band today. And of course, Heather's out of town. She's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, having a little relaxing vacation in Hawaii. And I hope that she's having a good time. I think they just got there this morning, so they're just now waking up, I'm sure. And, uh, but we're excited for them. But Tom and, and their team did a great job. And uh, we have so many that are out of town, but man, so glad that you're here and uh, to worship with us. And this is a great-looking, great, good-looking great good crowd for a winter break. And uh, so thank you for being here. And uh, we're in, a, in the middle of a series called uh, Like Me, Like Me. And uh, we're all about trying to get the likes on Facebook and social media. And... Um, but we're going to be kind of talking about that today. But for some of you, this is your first time with us. And so thank you for being here and worshiping with us. Um, as you came in, you should have got a program. And inside that program is a card. It a Connection Card. And we just love to connect with you. And um, so if you take a minute, fill that out. And at the end of this service, we'll have an offering time. Basket will be passed around. And you'll take that card just. Drop it in the basket. Let us know about your visit with us today. And, uh, and we'd we'll like to send something in the mail. And uh, thank you for being here for your know, first or second time with us. And, and uh, thank you for showing up here at late Point. And, um, well, last week uh, we, we talked about um, compassion. And uh, the week before we talked about contentment. And um, the big idea of week number one, is that the more that we compare with others, the more that we compare ourselves with other people, the less content we become. And we talk about what it means to be content with, um, with our life and uh, not have that sin of envy um, that sometimes that happens, especially now that social media is around. You know, we begin to see everybody's highlights and we begin to envy, we begin to want. Um, and there's this, um unearthly desire, a the sinful desire that sometimes creeps into our lives when we start to compare our stuff with other stuff, with other people's stuff. Our highlights with other people's highlights. And uh, that was week one. And then, of course, last week we talked about compassion. And um, we talked about caring. It's not clicking like. But the care is to actually do something about it. Compassion demands action. And of course, last Sunday, we had uh, a dance team that came up here from Florida, and they were um, advocating um, human trafficking. And of course, Sunday night, we did a performance. uh, Had over 300, almost 350 uh, people came out on Sunday night. And um, it was a powerful presentation. Um, about the, 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 what was going on, human trafficking and um, here and all around the world. And uh, at the end of the night, the gospel was shared, and I love that. I love that the gospel is shared because the answer to the world's problem is it, it the gospel. It's that Jesus Christ, the good news of what he did for us. And, uh, and then we raised, uh, uh, we had an offering, and over $3,000 was given to help with human trafficking. And uh, that was an amazing night. Yes. And so that was compassion. People actually, you know, we didn't just say we cared. We actually did something about it. And that's what compassion means. And so today, I want to talk about relationships. Relationship, Of course, the past week was you know, the Hallmark holiday, <laughs> Valentine's Day. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm sure if you had uh, your significant other, your husband, your wife, or boyfriend, or girlfriend. It was a, a, a romantic day. And, uh, but I want to talk about relationships in general. And uh, we all know that social media and technology has many wonderful benefits, great benefits. And we, we completely embrace it here at Lake Point. You know, we can connect with people, uh, we can invite them to church. We can invite them to join a, a life group. Uh, we can share our verses, you know, or a sermon point that, you know, from this past Sunday, you know, we always kind of put it out there on, on Facebook or Instagram and, and remind people of an important biblical truth that was being taught. Um, and some of you, you take that, you share it, and you um, and, and remind yourself of what you've learned. Uh, we 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 can post prayer requests on, on Facebook. And we can pray. We can come alongside you and pray with you. In fact, it may trigger, trigger people to, oh man, I see someone hurting. I'm going to pick up the phone and actually call them and have a conversation. And, and to um, reach out to that person or in some way or the other have a conversation. And so there's a, a lot of positive uh, benefits to our, our social media and, and technology and uh, but that with that being said I'm, I'm about to tell you that if you can do that if you do too much of it if you're consumed with it it can actually hurt your relationship and rob you from what God has intended for you and for me I want to answer a a very important question as we get started. And the question is this, how is technology changing relationships? How is technology impacting relationships today? And so, yes, there are positive things to technology, but there are uh, some unintended negative consequences as well. And so I want to raise the three issues Three thoughts here that will really impact our relationship today. How is technology changing relationship. If you're taking notes, you a couple of things here. You have handout notes in your program as you came in. Uh, here's the first thought. The, the term friend is evolving. The term friend has changed. For example, a friend used to mean somebody that you did life with. You were together doing life. Now, a friend can be somebody that you've never met in person, but they have followed you from a distance through social media. And so the term friend is evolving. The average American Facebook user has 328 friends, 328 friends. But at the same time, the average American said that they have only two close friends. Two close friends. Which, that is down from 25 years ago where the average American had six close friends. So in the past 25 years, we have gone from average of six close friends that we did life with to now two. And what's even sadder is that 25% of Americans today will say that they have zero close friends. Zero close friends. So the tension It's it's real, right? It's real. You may have 328 Facebook friends, but you could also say that you've got no real close friends. And so we could argue all day long, we've got lots of online interactivity. And at the same time, you may have very limited personal intimacy. So the word friend, it's evolving, and it's a problem, right? It's a problem for a, lot of, for a lot of us. Number two, here's the second problem. We're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. We become addicted to immediate affirmation. In other words, if I feel a little lonely right now, and I just want a little affirmation. I can just pull out my phone here. And I'm going to do this real quick, if you don't mind. But I am going to take a selfie. <laughs> all right? I'm going to do a pulpit. Hashtag pulpit selfie. All right? I'm going to do it with some of us here. All right? We got the crowd over here. Y'all, y'all wave, okay? Y'all wave. All right, there we go. Uh, and uh, let's do it over here. I don't want anyone feeling left out today. Okay. Uh, and so we've got this crowd over here. Uh, make sure we got Bob way over here. Bob, where are you at? Over there. There she is. Uh, wave. There we go. I got my eyes in there. All right. Let's see. And, and, and here's what I can do. Um, I can post it to Facebook or Instagram. I'm just gonna do, um, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna post it to Facebook. And I'm going to say hashtag. That's right. I'm going to do hashtag pulpit. Selfie. There we go. That's it. Did I it right? Um, and I'm not a great hashtag person, but I'm going to go with that, okay? And, um, and I'm going to share that. And, um, and here's what I know. In just a few minutes, I'm going to have some likes. I'm going to check later on. I'm going to have some comments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some people say, hey, Scott, you're looking good. What's the nicest thing someone said to me all week long? You know, Scott, you're looking good. <laughs> all right. You know, someone might say, hey, you know, I like that shirt that you're wearing. Where did you get that? You know, or someone might just give me a GIF. You know, I love GIF, okay? You know, and it might be one of those little two, three, four second animation. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to get. But I know that I'm going to get something. And, I'm, and if we're not careful, we can become addicted to this immediate feedback. You know, we're we're going to wonder, what did they say? Who said what? We're going we're to wonder how many people like it. Did she like it? I wonder why she didn't like it. Come on. I, if she doesn't like it or if he doesn't like it, then I'm going to stop liking his stuff. We're addicted to immediate feedback. We are living. We have we are prone, we have to a trend to live for lights. To live for lights. But we are actually longing for love. And we're looking for this immediate instant. Gratification, and we get those immediate response, those immediate feedback, and we think that will satisfy the loneliness that sometimes we face. Well, we're actually longing for love. And it's changing the way we do relationship. Technology has changed the way we do relationship. Here's the third thought. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. But he's got the power to do that. In other words, if, if, uh, if Tom, Tom's back there, hey Tom, if Tom texts me, if Tom sends me a text message, I have the choice, me, i got the power, i got the choice to read his text, to respond to it or not respond to his text message. I can get to it later on my own time, on my own terms. I am in control of what I do, and what I do not want to do, or what I do want to do. I'm in control. Have, have you ever got, <coughs> have, you know, in a text message, conversation, and conversation's going well, and, and then all of a sudden you say, hey, we should all go hang out tonight, or this weekend. and they stop touching back. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, oh, come on now, let's be honest. Okay, you like, oh man, what, what happened? You know, did I offend them with my be in their presence? They, we call, there's actually a term in the urban dictionary called ghost text, a ghost text. And some of you have done this. You know, the conversation flowing on the text message and then, they just, and then you, that other person just stopped cold turkey. And you're wondering, did I say something wrong? that I test something wrong, that they interpret something wrong in the text message. Go text. We have the power. Oh, thanks, Tom. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. Tom, next time, can I have a a cup of ice to go with this? It'd be great. Okay, okay. (laughs) I I was asking too much. Okay, there you go. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. Here's another thought. Uh, we have a guy here, he's not here today. He's down in Florida. He's on his winter break. Uh, many of you know him. He's on our staff. Danny and Y'all know Danny. And, uh, it, it, and Danny uses Facebook for one and only one thing, and that is to post pictures of the fish that he caught. <laughs> he's always posting pictures. All right? And I'm, I'm just like, you know, every time I see a picture, you know, I just want to scroll by it as fast as I can because I'm sick and tired of seeing his Facebook pictures of fish that he caught. You know, he always sticks it out makes it look like it's this big when it's really just small. you know. That <laughs> manipulate Photoshop. I don't know what he does, you know? But I look at it and say, do I just scroll on by another fish picture that I'm so sick of watching or looking at on his Facebook wall? In fact, I sometimes think that if he posts another picture of a fish, I'm just going to unfollow him. Right? Because I've got the power. I, I can be in control of the relationship. I can manage it from a distance. I will show you what part of me I want you to see, and I will tell you what I want to tell you, and if I don't want to respond, I'm not going to. And if you post too many pictures of your product, or too many pictures of your duck-faced selfie, You know, I might just hide you or block you or unfollow you because I've got the power to do that. By the way, I never unfollow anybody, so don't worry about me. Don't worry about, oh, man, I think God, um, no, you know. I might hide you, but I don't unfollow, okay. (laughs) Suddenly, we wake up, and the terms of friendship have started to change. Technology has changed the way we do relationships. And despite the benefits of technology, we there's some things that we still need to practice in all of our lives. We need to rediscover the power of practicing presence. Presence. The author of Hebrews said this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. He said this: "Let us think of ways." I love this. Listen. Let us think of ways. Let's be creative to motivate one another to act of love and good works. Now, wouldn't it be amazing that if we got together with other followers of Jesus Christ and we just say, you know. How can we be so aggressive? How can we all come together and be so aggressive in a way that we show love to people? Wouldn't it be awesome if we can have that conversation where we can just sit down, you know, where people will actually see the love that we put out. People will say, man, there must be something special about them. There's something different about them. They must be Christian by the way that they show love because we're aggressive. And he said, let's think of ways where we can motivate one another to act of love. And good work, verse number 25. And let us not neglect our commenting on one another's posts. (laughs) No, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I, I totally messed that up. Let me say this. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let it not neglect our meeting together. And some of us here this morning, we need to, we need to rediscover the power of presence. Practicing presence, of being together with other people, In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. He said, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. He said that whenever we come together with other believers in the name of Jesus, that we begin to experience the very real supernatural power of presence in Christ, in a supernatural way. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't experience the presence of Christ alone. I mean, it absolutely can happen. However, there is something special, something powerful. When we come together with other believers, when you pray together, when you worship collectively together, When you open the Word of God together, there's power and presence. Think about it. Think about this. God, our Heavenly Father, didn't shout His love from heaven. He did more than that. He showed His love on earth. He showed his love among us. He stripped himself of all the heavenly glory and became one of us. God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus' name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, what did Jesus do? He lived with us. He loved those the other rejected. He poured out his heart into the religious community. Even though they said that he was not worthy, he still loved them. He ate with, he dined with, he fellowship with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. God, he didn't just shout his love from heaven. He showed his love on earth. And there's something about the present. There's something about present that is so powerful and yet so many of us settle for less. So what I want to do today is I want to get practical. I want to get as practical, practical as I can, and I want to give you two thoughts that's it's almost, it's, it's almost offensively simple, and yet we just need to be reminded of some very simple, simple truth. And so I want to give you two thoughts here, and I promise you that if you apply these two thoughts, that the Holy Spirit will enter into your relationships, and they will be far more than they are today. So two thoughts if you're taking notes. Number one, be present. Be present. I'm going to challenge you. And there's a statement on your handout note that says this. I will love people face-to-face, not just thumb-to-thumbs. Now, if you're married, You can love them, belly button to belly button. (laughs) Only if you're married. That was in a sermon series back in August called The Upper." okay? Today, we're not talking about that today, okay? We're talking about face-to-face conversation and not just thumb-to-thumb. Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, verse number 9. He says, Don't just pretend to love others. Don't be shallow, don't be superficial, don't be fake. I said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Look at verse number 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Look down at verse number 13. When God's people people are in need, be ready to help them. Step up. Be real. Be real and help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Paul says we should love people. Really love them. Be present in their lives. For example, let me me give you some thoughts here. Suppose you've got a friend, maybe a family member. They're hurting. They have just received some bad news. Perhaps it's bad medical news. Maybe it's a a friend in high school that's hoping to go to college, and they didn't get the college, they didn't get accepted, or they didn't get the scholarship. Or maybe it's a husband, you know that, Uh, uh, A friend of a husband that you know that lost their job, a good job, and and they're they're scared. They don't know how they're going to pay the bills. Now, what's the acceptable way today that we show love? The acceptable way that most of us would do in our generation today is that we would pull out the phone, and we would pound out a text and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And that's the norm for today. And I'm not dogging that, that's, that's fine, but here's what I want to challenge you. Here's what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take it to another level. Step it up. It, you know that this device right here, the original intention for this device is for you to push some numbers. You can actually do that. The numbers are on the screen. You might have them save in your contact, and you can actually put this little button in' green, and you put that, and, the, and then you start hearing the phone ringing on the other line. It, it, it works. And, and, then, and then, after a couple seconds of ringing, someone answers the phone, and they start talking through this. It's an amazing, amazing technology, and it was the original idea behind this. And you pick it up to your phone, or your speaker phone, however you want to roll. You put it up to your, you know, your ear, and you can have a conversation. It's incredible. It really is. You should try it sometime. It's more than looking at the screen, playing video games, and scrolling through. It's more than that. I mean, you can actually have a conversation. And I'm going to challenge you that. I'm going to challenge you to take it to another level. You see someone that's hurting. And you pick up the phone and actually call. That text message from someone in our church the past Friday. Kathy Vogt, Kathy's husband. Brad had a little stroke. He's one of our ushers and our auditorium hosting. And I I was, I was just about to text her back. And I said, you know what, this isn't text-worthy. This is a phone call. Here, I mean, she, in her text message, and she's trying to be, you know, she, she, she felt Bad just bothering me. I said, I'm your pastor, you bother me, okay? <laughs> and, and and I pick up and I pick up the phone and, and I talk to her. I began to hear the tone in her voice. I began to hear the, the real need and the hurt and the and, and the struggle that she's having for her husband Brad. Brad is doing okay. He's still in the hospital and hopefully he'll get out today. It looks like it's a very mild stroke, but still. I'm going to challenge you to take it to another level. Let me me do this. I'm going to challenge you to take it to another level than that. I'm going to challenge you that when you see a friend that's hurting, that's going through something in life, I'm going to challenge you to hop in the car or your moped or scooter or however you want to roll, I don't know, however you go about I'm going to challenge you to get in your vehicle, drive across town, and have a face-to-face conversation. You can actually begin to see in their body language, because communication is 80% body language. You know, it's more body language than verbal. That's communication. And we begin to see in your eyes the pain, the hurt. And you're able to hug her, pray with her, not to pray for her, but actually pray with her, pray with him. If it's a guy, you know, you instead of a hug, it's a punch. I don't know, you know. Uh, but you're, you're there, face to face. I'm gonna challenge you to be present, to be present. You know, from time to time, we've had people here at late Point who had a family member that they were under, you know, under deathbed. And it's during those times that I feel so inadequate, so unpatrily, like, how do I handle this? You know, what do I say? What am I going to say? What if I say the wrong thing? I begin to think all these things. And, but here's what I've learned to realize. I've learned to realize that my presence, it says more than any word could ever say. Presence alone. Presence alone. There's something powerful about your presence. And later on, they'll always tell me, Pastor Scott, thank you for being there with us. Thank you for being there. And that's when it dawned on me that my presence have a lot more weight than my words. So yes, we can love each other from a distance with technology, but we can do so much more when we're face-to-face. So I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that looks like. But I want to challenge you to think about it. Think about what that means. Now, when someone asks you for lunch, and you normally say, you know, yeah, yeah, let's do lunch and actually schedule it. Don't just say we're gonna do it, do it. Schedule the lunch. Have the conversation. Listen, pray, laugh, tell stories. You love them face to face. Maybe you invite someone to your home and you'll cook them a great meal, and if you can't cook, you know, order carry out. I don't know, whatever. All right? But invite them in and build relationships have a conversation over the table. Some of you right now, you're longing for something more spiritual, spiritual than that. You're missing out. You're missing out on the joy and the blessing of Christian community. A couple of weeks ago, we started life groups. Some of you said, man, i love to be in a life group. You know, I have a group that tonight. You know, we're actually starting tonight for the last two weeks. We've had uh, uh, the Super Bowl night, and last Sunday night we had the dance, uh, Human Trafficking events tonight tonight's our first official night. And if you're out here and you say, man, I, I need to be present with well, two or three of our in names, and you can jump in. There's other life groups. I encourage you to be in a group. And that life group, notice the name, life group. We do life together. We're doing life together because life is better, not alone but when they're together. So I don't know how this will apply to you, but I really pray that the Spirit of God is speaking to you that you will be intentional to take a step in being present, whatever that is. Maybe, that God, maybe in the last few minutes, God has put somebody on your mind. God has put somebody on your heart. Maybe you can't have a face-to-face conversation. Maybe they live on the other side of the world, but you can go on FaceTime. You can go on Skype. You can pick up the phone and actually have a meaningful conversation. A conversation. Number two, here's the second thought. Be engaged. Don't just be physically present, but be emotionally completely engaged. And present again, body language is important here. You know, you can have a you can be in a room with someone and have a conversation, but you can show that you're not engaged by the way that your body presents itself. Peter, the apostle Peter, he said this in first Peter 4 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, a deep. Spiritual engagement, where you're all in, with that other person in the room. is the most important person that there is. And Think about this. I know, I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you, all of you have done this, all of you have seen this. You go to a restaurant, there's a family of four, a family of five, whatever, and they're sitting there at the table. They're paying big money to eat at this restaurant. And what are they doing? They're all on this. There's no conversation. They're present, but they're definitely not engaged with each other. And the husband's checking email. You know, the wife is on the social media. The teenager, he's on Snapchat, whatever that is. You know, the little ones, they're playing video games. And they're not engaged at a meal. They're not sitting together. You've all seen it. You've all been there. We've done this. Parents, you've done this. Your kids, they're begging for your attention. Mommy, 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 mommy. They're calling your name mommy a thousand times, right? You, you You know what I'm talking about. You know, daddy, daddy. They just keep calling your name, and you're busy. You know what, you're busy doing what? You're busy on Pinterest. You know, searching for mermaid yoga or something you know, whatever that is. I, I don't know. I just coming up with that. Your kids are begging for your attention to be engaged and you're focused on something that's really trivial that meaningless. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Every time this thing buzzes, chirp, whistle, beep, whatever it does, every time this thing goes off, there's Something in me that says, "Who said something? What's going on? I just got a notification. I've just been tagged. Oh, an email just came through. I must check it. I was so concerned. And, and if you're taking note, we have the fear, and we need to resist." this fear of missing out. We're afraid to miss out. Oh, I've got to check it. My phone just went off. I've got to see what's going on because I don't want to miss out. I might miss someone's cute, cute picture of their kids. <laughs> I, may, I might miss someone liking my picture. You know, do they like it? Listen to me, at the end of your life, it's not going to matter how many likes you've got, but it's all going to be about how much love you showed around. They're going to know that you're a follower of Jesus, not by how many likes you have received on Facebook and Instagram. They're going to know that you're a father of Christ by the way that you love one another fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. Let me, tell you, let me say this. You may miss out on what someone says on, on social media. You may miss out on that. But what you really should be afraid of is missing out on the person in front of you. The kids are growing up right before your very eyes, parents. You shouldn't miss out on that. And yet we're so focused on everything else. We're so focused on the distraction of the world that we are missing out on the things that are most important. So how do you apply this? You know, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit maybe you challenging a couple of things. Maybe, maybe it's, you know what? This phone goes off when I come home from work. Maybe from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Maybe after the kids go to bed, I can go back to this. But there's three, four hours, prime time, that I can be engaged with my family. It's dinner time. This this goes into another room. So if it does beep or chirp or whistle or whatever it does, I'm not going to be distracted by it. I'm not going to let that thing control me. I am not going to be mastered by this. I want to be present. I want to be engaged with the people around me. I want to focus on it. I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, that we can leverage this thing for good, but this should never, ever replace personal intimacy. You should never do that. First John chapter 3, verse 18, dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's just not say it. Let's just not shout it. Let's just not post it. But let us show the truth by our actions. Don't just pray for them. Pray with them. Don't just like what they post. Like who they are. Get involved in their lives. Yes, we will leverage technology all day long. We'll use it to be a blessing to other people. But don't let it replace the intimacy and the power of face-to-face relationship. Because when God showed his love, he didn't shout it from heaven. He showed it on earth. God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. God with us. I prayed that this morning. You'll be challenged. Whether you're on social media or not, it doesn't matter. You know, we're using social media because a lot of us are, but you might not be. and You say, oh, I'm, I don't know what that is. And that, that, hey, that may be a blessing, you know. Um, but we're all challenged to be present and to be engaged with the people around us. There is power in practicing presence.